0: Hello everybody Welcome back To another great, fun, fine-filled episode of Ghost Stories Told from the South I'm your host, Stephen LeBooth <laughs> My co-host, Lexi, will not be here this evening But that is okay She's still g- still here, she just didn't have anything ready And she just started a new job today So it's just going to be me scaring the pants off of you. (laughs) (coughs) (coughs) Sorry if I sound a little off. I'm still a little sick. (coughs) (coughs) Still shaking it. I mean, it's just the final stage of this sinus crap. All the boogers and everything oozing out. It's just... uh. But... Other than that, I hope everybody's been having a good week. Mine's been good so far. It's just been crazy. But that's nothing normal. Nothing normal. I mean, that's just always normal, I'm trying to say. But I hope uh, you guys are having fun out there. And uh, sorry for that little hiccup. Like I said, sorry. I don't mean to trash this episode today. I hope I make it sound good. And I hope I don't sound too bad. But yeah, Alexi just started her new job. She didn't have anything this time, and she was tired. She didn't want to stick around on record because she's uh, been at work today. So, well, I hope you guys have been having a good time and a uh, uh, good evening, a good, uh, good week. Um, I'm back on schedule. Thank goodness that's, that sinus crap kicked my ass. But yeah. It wasn't COVID, thank goodness. So well, I knew it was my allergies. Just because it's that time of year, and I'm very allergy person. But I like to. I do need to thank everybody though for last month's downloads. We got we broke our, another record. Uh, we got for the month almost 200. I think around 280. So that puts us in that month for second place. So. Yeah, we're doing good, guys. Thanks, man. I appreciate the downloads, and I appreciate everybody still listening to us. So. But Lexi's not going anywhere. She's, she'll be back. She just started her new job and getting used to the uh, old workflow and all that. So. But she'll be back for some more episodes. Well, let's dig on deep down in here. We're going to cover Arizona today, and probably on the next episode. Sorry about that burp, guys. Hmm. Yeah, we're going to go over Arizona. I have got some good Arizona stories. Now, this one's going to be pretty long, this first story. So, I hope I don't lose you. This one is about the uh, the Lost Dutchman mind. I know you guys heard about that place in Arizona. Around Superstitious Mountain or whatever they call it. Well... Without further ado, let's get on down with our bad selves and tell some scary stories and scare the crap out of each other. What do you say? Sit back. Relax. Put the blanket over your legs. Hit play on the old podcast and let's hear some scary stories. Hope you light a candle. Okay, like I said, our first story... (coughs) Our first story... Is one of the best treasure tales in the history of the American West, known as the Lost Dutchman Mine. Uh, surrounded in mystery, the mine is not only allegedly rich in gold, but is also said to have a curse upon it, leading to a number of strange deaths as well as people who mysteriously go missing when they attempt to locate the old mine. For more than 120 years, the legend of the lost Dutchman mine has been told over and over again, growing in population and um, uh, just getting popular. Some claim that the entire legend is nothing but a myth, but for thousands of others, the mine and its... uh, its legends are extremely real. Hidden in the forbidden peaks of the superstitious mountains. Real or not. The haunting tale and the haunting tales creepy. Continuing to draw prospectors to superstitious, to superstition mountains, to the superstitious mountains today. Still people go out there looking for the gold. But no one's ever found it. East of Phoenix, Arizona, is the uh, Superstitious Mountain Range. More commonly referred to by the locals as the Superstitious. Standing magnificently at the forefront of the rough terrain is Superstitious Mountain. A 3,000 foot high monta lift which seemingly... Stands guard over the rest of its territory. Long before gold was found in these uh, n- these rugged cliffs and mesas, and oh, and mesas, the area has been uh, cloaked in mystery. When the Spanish arrived here in 1540, the region was uh, inhabited by the Apache Indians, who considered superstitious mountain and the uh, grounds around it to uh, be scared grounds. It was home to their thunder god. Led by uh, Francisco Vasquez Cardena, the Quistador cared little about the Apache customs or beliefs and went ahead to find the legendary was went ahead to find the legendary golden city of of sabala supposedly there is a golden city here in america that the spaniards thought was somewhere here in america and they was on a mission for it and they didn't listen to them um, to, to the uh, apache so in 1748, the superstitious mountains, mountains, as well as some 3,000 square miles of what is now Arizona, were given to the Mexican cattle-born Don Manglo Perate of Sonora in a land grant. The land only contained a rich gold mine, but also several mines. This was the first official recording of mine expedition there. For the next century, the, Par- Par- the Par- Partella family and their laborers would make frequent furies into Arizona, bringing out loads of ore. Aware of the Apache's displeasure, they kept these mining trips at a minimum, not wanting to risk the uh, Apaches, uh, you know, attacking them, getting mad at what they're doing. However, in 1846, four of the original grant, four of the original people from the grant, decided to make another far away into arizona risking not only the curse but also the wrath of the apache so they was planning to go in one more time they soon returned to sonora landed uh landed with gold and planning another trip the next year with the mexican-american war in full swing pedro was only the only one willing to return to arizona determined to extract as much gold as possible before their holdings became part of the United States in the main meantime the Apache were angry at the uh, at the people upon their scared ground when coming upon their their grounds and stealing the gold the Apaches uh, they were scared that the attach, that the Apaches might have might attack back they picked up canceled their entrance to the mine and with burros and wagons loaded with gold begin to make their way back to mexico in the uh, winter of 1847 to uh, uh, 1848 but they wouldn't make it they were attacked by the apache the pack mules scattered in all directions spilling the gold everywhere for years afterwards prospectors flocked to the area not only in search of the mine but also in search of the gold that the mexican guys stole and spilt all over the place during the massacre in the 1850s two prospectors were said to have come upon three dead burros with intact bodies saddles and contained some uh, Thirty-seven thousand dollars worth of gold. The uh, Partella family refrained even more from working the mines for the next sixteen years. However, in 1864, the uh, Edgar Ed, Edgar Parleta, leading some four hundred men, ventured back into the range, and would and it would be the last. On the northwest slope of the mountain, in an area now referred to as the Massacre Ground, all but one of the miners were ambushed and killed by Apache. That's crazy. That was how many men? They said 400 men. Jesus Christ. Never again did the family venture back to the mine, and then all of the maps and knowledge of its locations was lost through the years. <coughs> See, and then here's another person that tries to. The next person to come across to mind was a man named Dr. Abraham Thorne. In 1865, he was working as an army doctor at Fort McDowell, Arizona. During this time, the Apache had turned their wrath against the Arizona settlers in the U.S. Army. As the Indians were... Seduced, sedued by the soldiers a reservation was established near fort mcdowell where thorn began to provide his services thorn earned the respect of the tribal leaders as well as he cared for the sick and the injured and several apache uh, saved several of the apache of, a, of a, some rare eye disease he was uh, offered an opportunity to lead the gold into the super he was offered an opportunity to be led to the gold in the superstitious mountains in eighteen seventy. However, Thorne had to agree to be blindfolded for the twenty mile trip. When the doctor agreed he was taken to a place and was allegedly near the mine. Where a pile of gold ore had been stacked near the base of the canyon wall, he was allowed to remove the blindfold. Thord found himself in a canyon with large, unusual rock uh, rock formations to the south. The Apache let him pack up as much as he could before the doctor was once blindfolded again. So they let him take some gold, apparently. Thorne sold his ore for some six thousand dollars. That's a lot back then. Making him making him wealthy making him a wealthy man. However, sometime sometime later, legend tells that Doctor Thorne determined that he would Try to find the place again, gathered up a few of his friends. The group amazingly stumbled to the mine's location after feeling, felling their saddlebags up with gold and everything, and they started their way back to Phoenix, but they never lived to enjoy the wealth. They were discovered by Apache, who killed them before they could escape with all the gold. See, that's land already, all the history, and the people that's died on it. I bet you would be cool to stay the night there. And we're not even close to being done yet. Um, okay. Uh, in the 1870s, Jacob Waltz, who had uh, befriended one of the uh, Parthas, was allegedly told the location of the mine. Waltz, a German immig- immigrant, who had relocated to Arizona some years previous worked as a prospector and owned a homestead on the north side of Superstitious mountain sorry moving my papers around however, before relocating to the to what is now panel. Hino County, Arizona Waltz worked in the uh, Henry Winkenberg's Virture Gold Mine near Winkenberg, Arizona While there, he met an Apache girl named Kinty Who despite the fact that Waltz was almost 60 years old, became his mistress. God, that's fucking gross He's like 60, so she's probably like in her 20s he became or she became his mistress later waltz was uh suspected of high grading one from the uh from stealing from the vulture mine and was dismissed it was then that the uh pair moved near superstitious mountain range another version tells states that waltz actually learned of the uh mine's location from kinti in relation, the uh, Apache who were convicted, then Kenty had betrayed the uh, site of their secret shrine. They attacked Waltz and his Indian mistress, seeing Kiti and cutting her tongue. Oh, out! Mm, cutting her tongue out. Waltz, however, was able to escape, and before long, he was running a saloon in uh, Tortilla. In in the tortilla flats, wow! His girlfriend got his uh, tongue cut off, and this motherfucker hauls ass. (coughs) (coughs) Oh, sorry about that, fellas and ladies. (sniffs) However, by 1875, uh, he and another man by the name of Jacob Weiser return to superstitious mountains. Not long after, the miners began to pay for supplies in nearby Phoenix with high-grade gold ore, but they never stated where it was coming from, nor ever claimed, nor ever filed a claim. A few years later, Wisner disappeared without a trace. Speculation was rampant that he was uh he was with some he was with some saying he was killed by Apache or others alleged he was killed by Waltz. For the next ten years Waltz could Waltz would often appear in Phoenix with saddlebags filled with some of the richest gold or many had ever seen. Before disappearing once again into the uh, superstitious mountains, People often ask him of the obvious questions. You know, where are you getting the gold and all this? And uh, he couldn't really, he would never give them directions or anything. When the people try to follow him out of town, he would lose them in the many cliffs and canyons in the peak. And he never would uh, go straight back home. He would always, you know, lose them like that. Make them run around a mountain for a while and then go home. In the spring of 1891, Waltz's Waltz's homestead was caught in a flood and was saved from certain death by two brothers named Herman and Ranhart Petrace. Having taken a terrible chill, he was attended by a woman named Julie Thomas, who uh, tried to nurse him back to health, but Jacob had contracted uh, pneumonia. Back then when you got pneumonia there was nothing they really could I mean you could get over it but it it probably kill you He sent his friends back to his home to see if they could find the gold that he kept there Through the house was through the house was gone the house was gone through searchers were later able to locate 5 sacks of gold worth $15,000 delivering in it delivering it to Jacob it was placed under the uh, sick bed under his sick bed through the summer he lingered in a wasted condition giving clues to his uh, caretaker Julie to his uh, rescue and ju- to Julie and his rescuers Herman and Reinhardt. But the conditions was, uh, but his condition was worsening, and he was suffering a stroke, and he suffered a stroke and was paralyzed to the point that he could not, he could barely speak. However, Julie and the uh, Partries made an exe- uh, expedition into the superstitious mountains that summer, trying to find the mine. But after five weeks, the three returned with nothing. Jacob finally died in uh, October 25th of 1891. The legend continued to grow soon. the Soon the lost mine was uh, referred to as the <coughs> lost Dutchman's mine. As many at the time confused Germans with the Dutch. Julie Thomas, having investigated everything she owned into the venture to find the mine, never attempted to find it again. However, Peachtree accused his brother Reinhardt of not paying attention to Jacob's besides uh, beside him. His, his clues and disagreed and disagreement led to their never speaking again. Separately, however, they both spent much of the rest of their lives trying to find the mine, and they couldn't do it. Oh, this might be the whole story. This one, it's I found a pretty good, pretty good one this time. See, and we're not even halfway done on how many people's already been shot and killed there. The legend of the lost mine as well as the tales of the curse, continue to grow over the years as more and more stories were told relating mysteries, deaths, disappearance, and small gold finds. In the summer of 1880, two recently discharged soldiers from Fort McDowell showed up in the uh, Pinal, Arizona, looking for work mm, Excuse me, at the Silver King Mine. When they showed a when they showed a bag of gold ore to the silver king manager, Oren Mason, the manager was stunned to see how rich the ore was, and immediately began to ask where they found it. The soldiers replied that the ore had been picked up while uh, crossing Superstitious Mountain, where they had also spiced or spied an old mine. Mason. Bought the uh, ore from the man. Outfitted them the entire partnership with the pair to share their profits. Oh. The two... Sh- they two sure could find... It. Sure, sure they could find... It. The two thought they could sh- for surely find the place. Then uh, headed towards Weaver's Needle... But after two weeks, they had no re- uh, no return. Mason sent out a search party who found the nude bodies of both men shot in the head. Hmm. See, you had to watch it back then. Because back then, especially, it was just the Wild West. People run up on you while you're camping and just shoot you in the head and then strip you and take everything. The next year, a prospector by the name of Joe Daring... Who was working as a part-time bartender in Pineal, heard these stories of the two dead soldiers, and began to look for the lost mine. He soon returned to the uh, to Pinal saying that he found an old mine, describing it as the most gold, the most god-awful, rough place you can imagine, a ghost place. Daring, however, continued to work as a bartender until he could save enough money for the excavation. To make even more money, he then went to work at the Silver King mine just a week later. He was killed in a cave-in without ever disclosing the location of the uh, mine he found. Man, and see, there's so many stories about this place, too. (coughs) Another tale describes a prospector named Elijah Marcus Revis. Revis, Elijah Marcus Revis. He was better known in the area as the madman of of the superstitious mountains or the old hermit. One of Arizona's most interesting characters of the time. Rebels was actually a college educated and taught school before he began prospecting during the California Gold Rush. Not having uh, much luck in California, he made his way to Arizona in the, eight, in the 1860s. By 1872 Rivas was living in a high mountain valley near Pinal where he farmed vegetables and hunted in his isolated mountain retreat Through the prefer there he preferred his own company and his large library of books to being with other than being with others he never turned away a visitor to his uh, retreat, and often traveled to the area, mining to the area mining camps to sell his veggies or vegetables. Sorry, <laughs> it was not his uh, manner that earned him his uh, name. It was rather his appearance is what gave him the name. Because he did, he looked like a madman. He had a beard, long hair really didn't bathe he was uh, not a very clean person never shaved never cut his hair he seldom bathed they said and rumors said that he was prone to running naked through the canyons firing uh, a pistol into the sky sure that was uh, mad even the Apache left him alone that's crazy the patchy left him alone too. In the spring of eighteen ninety six, when uh, Reveals had been seen had not been seen for a time, one of his few friends went to check on him. The nearly seventy year old man was found dead, about four miles south of his home, on a trail near near Rogers Canyon. Ooh, gross. His head had been severed from his body and was lying several feet away later that year. Two Easterners went looking for the lost mine, and they were never seen again either around the turn of the century. Two prospectors who went by the names of Silverlock and Malam begin to work on the northern edge of the superstitious mountains seeking dozens of shafts into the uh, mountainside they found little gold other than some scary remains from the uh, Partela Massacre in 1910 remember that now guys that's a guy the Mexicans came over got a crap load of uh, gold and was going back and the Apache caught him and just killed him. In nineteen ten uh Malam appeared in Mesa, Arizona, telling everyone that the Silverlock had tried had that Silverlock had tried to kill him. Silverlock was picked up by Lawman judged insane and sent to an asylum. Malam was later sent to the county poor farm, not doing much better himself, but died within two years. See? I mean, anybody who goes there and tries to... Also, during 1910, the skeleton of a woman was found in the cave high up on the superstitious mountain with with the body were several gold nuggets. The coroner could not tell if the woman's death was recent, but the gold was never explained. More than 20 years later in 1927, (coughs) let me get a drink. This one's a long one, baby. Been drinking a lot of OJ, too. Okay, more than 20 years later, in 1927, a New Jersey man and his son were hiking, uh, hiking the mountain when rocks began to roll down on one of them from the cliffs above as if someone had pushed the boulders. One of the boys' legs was crushed, just a year later two deer hunters were driving off were driven off the mountain when again rolling boulders appeared to have been pushing been pushed by someone or something down the mountain towards them. See that's just the whole area. It's like the Apache are like, that's our gold. And no telling how long the Apache lived there. I mean, jeez. In the in June of 1931, yet another event added to the legend of Superstitious Mountain, when Adolf Ruth, a Washington D.C. veteran and a vivid treasure hunting hobbyist, went missing in the uh, wilderness area of the peak. Even though it's kind of deserty out there, there's some patches of, you know, woods and stuff. Yeah, he went uh, missing in the wilderness. There, in his search, Ruth, you, you, tell, you, Ruth used a map that his son had obtained in obtained in Mexico several year years pre, uh, previous, which dated back to the period of the Mexican Revolution, nineteen oh one and nineteen twenty three. He was later referred to as the uh, Ruth as the Ruth Partella map. Ruth was searching for the lost Partella mines, especially that one of the lost Dutchmen. Arriving in the area in May, Ruth uh, convinced two local uh, cowboys to pack him Oh, to uh, take him into the mountains where they left him to his exploring at a place called Willow Springs in West Boulder Canyon around June 14th, 1931. When nothing had been heard from Ruth for six days. The cowboy's bosses, a man named Tex Berkeley, went looking for the treasure hunter. Upon arriving, Ruth's camp oh, on, a piving, on arriving on uh, arriving upon arriving at Ruth's camp, the rancher could tell that no one had been there for at least a day, and reported Ruth uh, in, at least a day and reported Ruth missing. A reward was immediately offered for the. Uh, Family in the search the family and the search parties comb uh combed the mountains for the next forty five days and Ruth was never found some months uh, some months later in December, a skull with two holes in it was found, was discovered near the three red hills by an Archaeology Expedition It turned out to be that Adolf Ruth The rest of the treasure The treasure hunter's body Would not be found until the next month When a small Tribatory on the east Slope of Blacktop Mesa Ruth's treasure map Was found at his uh, Original campsite And that's where the uh, Body was found The headlines were seamless, alleged that Ruth had been murdered for his map. However, the original coroner said that he could not be positive that the skull had bullet holes in it. But Adolph's son, Edward, was convinced that his uh, father had been killed. Through the coroner's... uh, The the coroner's uh, pulled out foul play... In the in the original statement was never changed, even though they think it you know really did happen. The most believe that uh, Ruth died probably from extreme heat, and his body was carried away in parts by wild animals. To this to this day, his death remains a mystery. However, it has been one more life claimed by the mountains. Uh, here's another one in 1934 uh superstitious mountains claimed another one the uh life of adam stewart the cause of death was never known he was just found dead he went out hiking and never came back so apparently if you go here hiking not just looking for the apaches gold or the lost dutchman's mine if you just go hiking You're going to get whacked. Well, because that was their spiritual place. That was like what their thunder god was there. Don't want to mess with that Indian stuff, man. Two years later in December of 1936, another life was claimed by the mountain when hobbyist Roman O'Hell, broker from New York, died from a fall when he was searching for the lost Dutchman mine. See, people around the United States have heard about this and around the world now. Yet another year uh, Another year later, an old <coughs> prospector by the name of Guy Freak was l- lucky enough to return from the mountain with a number of rich gold samples. In November, he was found shot in the stomach on the side of the trail in or near La, La Borge La, La Canyon. Next to his decomposing body was a small sack of gold ore. Now see, that right there tells me that's like the ghost of the Apache. Because anybody else would try to take the gold. Maybe you can't. Maybe you can't take gold from there. In 1937, a man named Jenkins, along with his, oh Jenkins, <laughs> along with his his wife and two children, were having a picnic on the mountain. During their uh, picnic, Jenkins found a heavy quartz rock that he later learned was heavily uh, laden with gold. However, before he could return to the spot, he had a heart attack. His wife could not remember the location of the find. Oh, my God. So it's not even worth it to go look for this place. Because let's say if you like this guy, he was just going up there to have a fucking picnic and he finds a gold bar. And they're like, "Uh, we're going to kill you anyway, because you left off the uh, you got out of here with it. That's crazy. Wow. Oh, in 1945, a book about the lost Dutchman mine was written by Barry Storm, who claimed to have nearly escaped from a mystery from the mystery sniper. Storm speculated that Adolf Ruth might have been a victim of the same sniper. Well, makes sense, you know. You're trying to head out of there with something. They're going to be like. You know what? You're not leaving with my gold. <coughs> then in the June in June of 1947, a prospector named James uh Cravey made a publicized trip into these superstitious canyons by helicopter searching for the uh, lost Dutchman mine. The pilot set him down in La, La Barge uh, set him down in La Barge Canyon close to Weaver's Needle when uh, Cravey failed to hike out as planned a search party was started and although his camp was found Carvey was never found the following february his headless skeleton was found in a canyon a good distance from the camp it was uh, tied to a blanket and his skull was found about 30 feet away the coroner's injury ruled that there was uh, no evidence of foul play what the fuck He cut his own fucking head off and wrapped it in a blanket. (sighs) Oh, nineteen forty-nine, Oh, 1949. A man named James Kidd disappeared in the uh, mountains. Then in February of 1951, Dr. Burns, a physician from Oregon, was found shot in the head on the superstitious mountains. Hmm. Excuse me, the official ruling was the death was uh, accidental. Excuse me, was uh, accidental. Okay. See, man, all these headshots. I guarantee you somebody leaving with gold. (sighs) That's crazy. In the er early 1952, a man named Joseph Kelly of Dayton, uh, Ohio... Was also searching for the lost mine. He vanished and was never seen again. His skeleton was discovered near, uh, discovered near Weaver's Needle two years later. By what? A shot in his skull was ruled accidental. An accidental shooting. How the fuck you gonna rule that an accidental shooting when there was no one out there with him? Oh, he did it himself. The same year, two California boys—oh, uh, two California boys—were hiking on Superstitions, Superstitious Mountain, and also vanished. Unfortunately, for these two, nothing was ever found of them. Damn. In 1955, Charles Macy was uh, hunting with a twenty two and he was—he uh, was found shot. Between the eyes. By a heavy caliber. Caliber rifle bullet. The coroner ruled an accidental death. Resulting from a ricochet shot. Bullshit. He had a twenty-two, And that guy. Man. Well it's like the people there know. They're like. If you notice. When the outsiders come in. They're like. "Eh, Well we don't know. They don't want to. Stir up shit <coughs> wow, well, this might be my whole story forty seven where was I uh okay, here we go. then, in nineteen fifty six a man from Brooklyn, New York, reported to police that his brother uh martin Zotho who he believed was searching for the lost Dutchman mine, had been missing for several weeks. And a month later, the missing man's body was found with a bullet hole above his right temple. Although his gun was uh, found under the body, the death was ruled suicide. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Oh, and I'm not done. In April of 1958, a desert campsite was discovered on the northern edge of the mountain. At the at the um campsite, there were a there was a blood-stained blanket, a jinger janger counter, a gun cleaning kit, but no gun. Um, cooking utensils and some letters from which the names and addresses have been uh, torn from. That's weird. No trace of the camp's occupants was ever found. In 1959, two men by the names of Stanley Hernandez and Benjamin Fer- Ferrari thought they had found the jackpot. However, what they actually discovered was pirate more more often called fool's gold. But these two were were sure they had found the mine. Whether out of greed or some kind of disappointment, however, they would handle their new found wealth. Henderson killed himself killed his friend. Oh 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 well, they uh, apparently some kind of disappointment over how they would handle their newfound wealth. There was some kind of fight, and Henderson killed Ferrara, and it was fake. uh, It was a fool's gold, anyway. What the hell? That same year, Robert Saint -Marie Marie. Who was attending a drill hole who was attempting to drill a hole all the way through Weaver's needle was killed by a prospector Edward Piper two months later Piper was found dead the cause of death was said to have been huh that he was caught on fire. Hmm. Some crazy stories. Okay, then I'm still not done. I'm getting close to 1960. Two more men were hiking in these superstitious uh, mountains that year when it became involved in some kind of the when they got. In some kind of uh, altercation, uh, Leverin Warren was shot by Ralph Thomas, who reported that he had been attacked by Raleigh and shot the other man in self-defense. And he got away with it. See, so if you go here, you end up killing somebody, or I don't know. I don't know if I really would want to really would want to go there and check it out. Five days later, another skeleton was found. Oh, sorry. Let me go back. In October of 1960, a group of hikers found a headless skeleton near the foot of the cliff on the superstitious mountains. Four days later, an investigator determined it belonged to an Australian student named Franz Harry. Hmm. 5 days later another skeleton was found which was identified the next month to to be that of William Richard Harvey a painter from San Francisco. The cause of death was unknown. See? And he was just a damn painter. He was probably going there to paint something and fucking died. By okay, order said that uh, January of 1961. God dang, a family picnicking near the edge of the mountain discovered a body of Helmore Charles Bohan buried beneath the sand. Bohan was a Utah prospector who had been shot in the back. Two months later, another prospector from Denver, Colorado, named Walter J was found in the Needle Canyon his bullet ridden body was removed to the uh, coroners who ruled it suicide sure he shot himself up five days later another skeleton was found was found which was later identified as William Richard Harvey okay I've already told that guy Okay, and now the fall of '61, police begin searching for a prospector by the name of J. Clapp, who had been working on the superstitious mountains and off for a decade and a half. Clapp had been missing since July. After thorough search, the hunt was caught off. Three years later, his headless skeleton was finally discovered. Oh my God. This place just keeps getting worse. Damn. <clears throat> then in 1963, a man named Vince Bacon, also working the tunnel through Weaver's Needle, fell to his death. Allegedly, there were rifle shots and indentions, of, uh, indications of foul play. Oh, it wasn't suicide. You normally say it's suicide. The following year, the brothers Richard and Robert Greimes were found dead at the bottom of a high cliff. That same year, an elderly couple was found murdered in an in in an automobile. God, you can't even be safe in your own car here. In 1970, a seasoned prospector named Al Morrow was killed by a boulder. That fell into the tunnel that he was digging. Jesus. Then in 1973, Charles Lewing shot La Ball. I'm probably going to butcher-, butcher this, but uh, Charles Lewing shot Guerrero. I'm just going to say his last name. I can say that. Guerrero at a mountain campsite. Lewing claimed self defense again, like the other guy, and got off. In 1976, a prospector named Howard Pulling was found dead of a gunshot wound. The following year, another man named Dennis Brown also found dead of a gunshot wound. Dude, this is like fucking, what, 30 people? Then in 1978, a man named Manuel Valdez was found murdered in around these superstitious mountains. Oh, God. Two years later, in 1980, the skeleton of a man named Rick Finding was found. And then, in 1984, a prospector named Walt Chasler, who had been searching for the lost excuse me Dutchman for the most of his life, was found dead in the uh, superstitious mountains, and his uh, back was. Uh, Oh in his back holy sh oh in his pack <laughs> in his pack he w- they found uh, gold ore later discovered to be identi- identified that identified to that of the rich ore of Jacob waltz had found earlier hmm Huh. Well, that's it with the deaths now. Are these, um, are these many deaths part of the old, uh, Apache curse or just something really happening out there or what? So, it's kind of weird. There's, uh, a lot of stories about this one, but, uh, yeah, I'd now see i think i might start going to a uh, duck duck go i went there and i found this on one spot and bam so hey hey you know that's a good thing though y'all go to that duck duck go your search engine it look shit up because i'm getting where i'm getting to find more stuff and a lot more juicier stuff for y'all there than going to google But that about concludes the story there. I mean, people still go out there and are getting lost all the time. So, I don't know, man. Just be careful if you go out there. You know, nobody can... There's really never been anybody ghost out there and do a ghost investigation. Or anything. So, yeah, that one was pretty good. I hope y'all enjoyed that one. A lot of uh, scary stuff happened there. To give it to 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 curse the land like that. I mean, first it was Indian land. It was kind of like their sacred ground. They didn't go there and they knew the the uh, gold was there. But then of course the white man comes and he's like, fuck, I don't care if it was spiritual ground. I want the gold. I want to be rich. And uh, you know, I can kind of see if it's still the uh, Apache Ghost protecting their land and their uh gold i mean you might think i'm crazy but it's just like when i lived in oklahoma and i would go to the indian uh, cemeteries some of these places people would leave their most prized possessions of what that person wore like his favorite ring or a wedding ring a watch or whatever and they'll leave it on the tombstone and i was like asking my buddy i'm like what keeps people from stealing that? I said, I know I wouldn't do it because that's disrespectful, but you know, how people are. They can be shitheads. What keeps a guy from going, hmm, I want that and taking it? Um, He said, because you leave out of here with that, you're cursed. You probably ain't going to live because <coughs> you're stealing from the people. You're stealing from this land. And I'm like, oh, shit. So. It's probably still the Curse of the Land, too. I mean, because we took... I mean, the white people took that land from the Apache. and But they didn't get the gold. But that's probably why that whole place is cursed, though. But that whole area... I don't know if I would even even go camping there. Or even drive out there. What the fuck? Yeah, it's just... I don't know. Seems like even if you carry a gun, you're still going to get shot in the head. So... But I hope you guys enjoyed that. Um, Hopefully I did not mean to uh, bore you. Uh, But you guys have been good to me. I appreciate y'all. Thank you for listening. Remember guys, we're on Spotify, iTunes. Um, Oh gosh, we're pretty much everywhere. I can't think of them all right now because there's so many... We're pretty much on any, like Pandora, iTunes, Amazon, iHeartRadio. We're no, we're not on iHeart. That's the only one I haven't done yet. But we're on pretty much on everything else, guys. So don't be afraid to look us up. Uh we're on YouTube. Go check us out there. Come check out our uh, Facebook page and stuff too, guys. And uh we just want to thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for getting creepy creepy with us tonight maybe we can all go down to the uh, superstitious mountains and have a little camp tell a little scary stories around the fire if we survive the night (laughs) but it has been steven lebooth this is ghost stories from the south i hope you didn't get too scared tonight you guys be good man hope you all enjoyed this one tonight It was pretty good. But like I said, there wasn't too much stuff on the hauntings of it. But I'm pretty sure it's friggin' haunted. I mean, no one can live to tell the tale. You know what I mean? (laughs) But all right, guys. You guys be good. Be real. This is uh, Stephen LaBooth, man. Y'all be good. We will see y'all later. Bye.